Welcome, everybody, to Let's Rock, Less Talk, More Soft. Very special mini series of mini sods we're doing for the month of April, where I, uh, Connor McGrath, discuss the Billboard Adult Contemporary charts. We are living in very stressful times, and uh, I thought it would be good for the month of April to go in a little bit more mellow mood instead of discussing rock music we're discussing adult contemporary and uh today i will be going back to april 15th 1995 20 years ago today uh as i'm recording this podcast on april 15th year of our lord 2020 and uh april 15th 1995 let's go let's take our mind down the way back machine 25 years ago uh major league baseball season is about to start a couple weeks late uh, probably not as late as this season is going to start. Well, definitely not as late as this season is going to start, if this season starts. Um, but the 1995 season would start in the beginning of May rather than the beginning of April because of uh, the strike that happened in 94, nine, in the early days of 95. On Saturday Night Live, Courtney Cox from the new hit show Friends hosts with a Young jam band, the Dave Matthews Band, is a musical guest. One of the final episodes of the Notorious Season 20 for Saturday Night Live. And uh, that is the backdrop for the uh, April 4 15, 1995 Billboard Adult Contemporary Charts. Tracks radio play on Billboard Adult Contemporary and Soft Rock Play. Uh, varied, varied list. Uh, coming in at number 10 is Foreigner with a song called Until the End of Time off of their comeback album, their reunion album, Mr. Moonlight. They had recently reunited with frontman Lou Graham, who had uh, gone off for a solo career for a couple of years in the late 80s, early 90s. Uh, not a big hit. It's not a very long-lasting foreigner reunion. Around this time, a lot of these 80s corporate rock bands were reuniting. Uh, Foreigner reunited in 95. I think Styx and Journey would re reunite in 96. And I think it was just a little bit too early for the nostalgia for those type of bands. Didn't really make a long-lasting impact. Uh, this is, you know, it's fine if you like Foreigner ballads, but it just kind of seems very out of place in 1995. Uh, coming in at number nine, is uh, Gloria Estefan with a cover of the classic Moldy Oldie Everlasting Love, perhaps made most famous by Carl Carlton in the late 70s. This is a follow-up to her cover of Vicki Sue Robinson's Turn the Beat Around. It's kind of a thing like, uh, you know, well, one late 70s song already worked for Gloria Estefan. Let's, let's go for another one. Uh, kind of, you know, a case of diminishing returns. Not really that great or memorable of a cover. Very, very dated production here. Uh, very 1995 high-energy club sound. Kind of, you know, doesn't really capture any of that Latin sound, that uh, Miami Latin sound that made Gloria Stefan a, a pop great. Coming in at number eight. Uh, we got Bonnie Raitt with a cover of a song that we talked a few about a few weeks ago. Uh, a cover of Roy Orbison's You Got It from the soundtrack of Boys on the Side, uh, which starred Whoopi Goldberg and Drew Barrymore, I believe. 
film that came out in 95. Female empowerment, big thing in 95. Uh, just get bigger in the late 90s. Late 90s is a good time for female empowerment, I guess. Um, again, not sure why she covered a song that was only like five or six years old. Bonnie Raitt kind of a little bit. It's a fine cover, but uh, kind of unnecessary. Number seven. Number seven on the list is Amy Grant featuring her future husband, Vince Gill, a song called House of Love. This, you know, if you can believe it, I'm not a huge Amy Grant fan, but, um, you know, she's fine. A little bit, a little bit too churchy for me. I consider myself to be something of a bad boy, but rocker at heart, despite these soft rock countdowns. This is a uh, this is a pretty good song though. Her and Vince Gill's voices go very well together. This is you know this is what you want to hear out of uh, '90s adult contemporary. Their voices go over well together. Little it's very I think the song is kind of edgy by uh, Amy Grant's standards. Of course, her and Vince Gill weren't married at this time. They wouldn't get married for another five years. They were married to other people. I'm not sure what the trajectory of their uh, affair was, but uh, it could very well be possible that they were living in sin at this time, um, which might be why I like the song, but I thought it was a, you know, a pretty good little, little song there, house of love. And number six, ah, this is one near and dear to my heart. This is off of the biggest album of 1995. Hootie and the Blowfishes crack, uh, cracked rear view. <laughs> Uh, one of the biggest songs off that album, Hold My Hand, comes in at number six. This is just a massive, massive hit. Um, I was a huge VH1 watcher at this time. Uh, seven-year-old me was a big VH1 watcher. And uh, I remember my dad getting this from Columbia Record House. And I was, I just, I was a big Hootie fan. I liked their videos with the cameos from, uh, the cast of ESPN Sports Center. I think they were the type of band that America needed in 1995, and apparently only 1995, not beyond that. They were just after that. They're like, yeah, we had our time with Hootie. It was very, you know, grunge was sort of starting to become on the wane. Just need a bunch of fun guys and golf shirts, uh, hanging out, Dan Marino, having fun singing simple songs and uh very appealing they were hootie and the blowfish were kind of to the 90s what huey lewis and the news were to the 80s just kind of good little working man pop rock and speaking of pop rock probably the giants of pop rock of an earlier area era era earlier era eagles off their comeback album Hell Freezes Over, song called Love Will Keep Us Alive. Now, this one is a, uh, a Timothy B. Schmidt song. Of course, he is not one of the big two of the Eagles. He's kind of, you know, Timothy B. Schmidt, he's just kind of the mellow guy. Stays under the radar. He's not not as much of a dick as uh, Glenn Fry or Don Henley, apparently. And I think that's why I, I really like uh, Timothy B. when Timothy B. Schmidt gets a turn at the mic. For the Eagles, um, it's a good, you know, soft rock ballad. 
not released as a single, so it didn't hit the Billboard one, Hot 100, but it was number one on the adult contemporary charts earlier in the year. Uh, co-written by Paul Carrick of a bunch of different bands, using Squeeze and Mike and the Mechanics, who, of course, we mentioned last week's episode. Um, actually, two weeks ago's episode, the April 1989 episode. He's also in Squeeze and uh, Ace. He's been in, like, he's had top 40 hits with five or six different bands. But he co-wrote this song with Jim Capaldi of Traffic. I'm sure this is Leif Erickson's finding, our longtime friend of the show, Leif Erickson's finding topic of uh, Jim Capaldi particularly exciting. But Jim Capaldi and Paul Carrick wrote this song with Timothy B. Schmidt. It was initially rejected for the Eagles reunion. Uh, um, but yeah, so him, Paul Carrick and Jim Capaldi and Timothy B. Schmidt at one point were working on a super group with Max Carl, the 38 special called the Malibu men's choir. Never, never saw the light of day much, probably to the disappointment of Leif Erickson. Uh, but yeah, they did produce this song, Love Will Keep Us Alive, which ironically would be the biggest hit probably off of the Eagles reunion. Uh, Unless you're counting Get Over It, which was uh, used on the Rush Limbaugh show. And I know there's a lot of overlap between listeners of this show and Rush Limbaugh. Uh, I guess me and him are blowhards of different varieties, I guess. Uh, Coming in at number four on the charts is Elton John with Believe. This was off his album Made in England. It's kind of on the heels of the Lion King soundtrack. And uh, it made it all the way to number 13 on the Hot 100, so kind of a later hit for Elton John. Uh, kind of, you know, I think it was it's a little bit dark and serious, at least compared to the Lion King soundtrack. Probably Elton John's just reminding people, I don't do kids' music, per se. I did do the Lion King soundtrack. Um, it kind of has a very... Jeff Lynn production sound. I almost thought Jeff Lynn produced it, but kind of reminded me of the new Beatles songs off of Anthology, except for Elton John singing instead of the Beatles. It was, you know, it's fine. It's like, you know, most 90s Elton John. Wasn't my least favorite song of this chart. Uh, number three, Desiree, of course, her signature hit, You Gotta Be. Um... This big hit in 1995, frequently shown on VH1, probably right after Pootie and the Blowfish. Big enough to be parodied on Saturday Night Live by Ellen Cleghorn during this era. Maybe this very episode of Saturday Night Live with Courtney Cox and Dave Matthews Band. I'm not sure. Um, you know, again, an early example of the, the female empowerment anthems that would kind of lead to Lilith Fair. You gotta be. Desiree might have shot her wad with you. Gotta be a little bit early. Um, I'm not sure if she was on Lilith Fair. I think she might have came came a little bit too early for Lilith Fair. Uh, number two, Martin Page with "In the House of Stone and Light." I was recently discussing uh, Martin Page on the Twitter page for Less Rock More Talk. Follow us on Twitter, L R M T Pod. I believe it is. I should know, but uh, we'll post the link. Uh, Martin Page is kind of like a Z-League-like career in pop music. He played keyboard and synthesizers on Ray Parker Jr.'s Ghostbusters. 
And he also was one of the bazillion co-writers for Starship's uh, We Built This City. And then 10 years later, he comes out with this song in the House of Stone Light, which is, you know, big hit on the adult contemporary charts, as well as uh, the top 40. And uh, this song is one of those songs I probably thought it was Sting for years. Very, very close sounding to Sting of this period, like 10 Summoners Tales era Sting. It's fine. I just, you know, I just, this just makes me think of being bored riding in the back of a minivan. Number one this week, final song, number one. And uh, this is a song near and dear to my heart. It's Madonna's Take a Bow off of her album Bedtime Stories. Kind of, uh, this is the Madonna transitioning from the exotic sex book era to the era where she would, you know, have kids, star in the Golden Globe award-winning Avita. Bedtime Stories was kind of the transition period, and this was a very soft, Take a Bow was a soft, sensitive ballad, co-written and produced by the great uh, R&B producer and singer-songwriter Kenneth Babyface Edmonds. He also features on backing vocals. Oh, this is just a great song, a great music video. Uh, inspired a lot of confused feelings in uh, seven or eight year old me, uh, with Madonna with the, the bullfighter, it's very poor bullfighter. I'm not sure what the bullfighting aspect of the music video had to do with this song, but this is a very good song. I would, you know, maybe it's a hot take. I think maybe it's like a medium warm take. I think this was, might be Madonna at her best. I think it's a very good song, very touching. So let's do the top five for this week. Um, coming in at number five, I'm going to put uh, Amy Grant and Vince Gill, who are still happily married to this day with the House of Love. Number four, Desiree, you gotta be. Shout out to Ellen Cleghorn, regular listener of the podcast. Played Desiree on Saturday Night Live around this time. Number three, Shout out to Timothy B. Schmidt, who I don't believe was ever impersonated on SNL. That Eagles love will keep us alive. Number two, Hootie and the Blowfish. There was a Saturday Night Live sketch uh, also around this time about drunk frat boys singing this song. And number one, Madonna. Hosted the season premiere of one of the other worst seasons of SNL, season 11. Ten years before this, uh, with... Take a bow. Um, so that's it for this week. We wrapped it up in 15 minutes. That's good. I think that's about as much time as you can tolerate listening to me. But no, uh, we will be back next week. Um, if you have any questions, tweet at us. Shoot me, a, shoot us a message. We're also on Facebook at Less Rock More Talk. And uh, we will see you next week. Stay safe. Stay sane. And rock on.